0: This is day 19 of our daily Bible reading. We will be reading Leviticus chapters 1 through 5 today. Lord, Heavenly Father, please humble us today. Please bring us down low to understand your holiness and our posture and position compared to you. Please let our hearts demonstrate love and devotion to you in all things. and As we go through your word today, Please allow your Holy Spirit to teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When any man of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of animals from the herd or the flock. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, He shall offer it, a male without defect. He shall offer it at the doorway of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, that it may be accepted for him to make atonement on his behalf. He shall slay the young bull before the Lord, and Aaron's sons, the priests, Shall offer up the blood and sprinkle the blood around on the altar that is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall then skin the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange the pieces, the head and the suet, over the wood which is on the fire that is on the altar. Its entrails, however, and its legs he shall wash with water. And the priest shall offer up in smoke all of it on the altar for a burnt offering, an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. But if his offering is from the flock of the sheep or of the goats for a burnt offering, He shall offer it a male without defect. He shall slay it on the side of the altar northward before the Lord, and Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall then cut into its pieces with its head and its suet, and the priests shall arrange them on the wood which is on the fire that is on the altar. The entrails, however, and the legs, He shall wash with water, and the priest shall offer all of it, and offer it up in smoke on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering by fire, of the soothing aroma to the Lord. But if his offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, then he shall bring his offering from the turtle-dogs or from young pigeons. The priest shall bring it to the altar, and wring off its head, and offer it up in smoke on the altar, and its blood is to be drained out on the side of the altar. He shall also take away its crop with its feathers, and cast it beside the altar eastward to the place of the ashes. Then he shall tear it by its wings, but shall not sever it. And the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar on the wood which is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, an offering by fire, of a soothing aroma to the Lord. Now when anyone presents a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. He shall then bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, and shall take from it his handful of its fine flour and of its oil with all of its frankincense, and the priest shall offer it up in smoke as its memorial portion on the altar, an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. The remainder of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons, a thing most holy, Of the offerings to the Lord by fire. Now, when you bring an offering of a grain offering baked in an oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers spread with oil. If your offering is a grain offering made on the griddle, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened, mixed with oil. You shall break it into bits. And pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. Now if your offering is a grain offering made in a pan, it shall be of fine flour with oil. When you bring in the grain offering which is made of these things to the Lord, it shall be presented to the priest and he shall bring it to the altar. The priest then shall take up from the grain offering its memorial portion and shall offer it up in smoke on the altar as an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. The remainder of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons, a thing most holy of the offerings to the Lord by fire. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall not offer up in smoke any leaven or any honey, as an offering by fire to the Lord. As an offering of first fruits, ye shall bring them to the Lord, but they shall not ascend for a soothing aroma on the altar. Every grain offering of yours, moreover, you shall season with salt, so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall be not lacking from your grain offering, with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Also, if you bring a grain offering of early ripened things to the Lord, you shall bring fresh heads of grain roasted in the fire, grits of new growth, for the grain offering of your early ripened things. You shall then put oil on it and lay incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall offer up in smoke its memorial portion, part of its grits and its oil with all its incense, as an offering by fire to the Lord. Now, if his offering is a sacrifice of peace offerings, if he is going to offer out of the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without defect before the Lord he shall lay his hand on the head of its offering and slay it at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood around on the altar. From the sacrifice of the peace offerings, he shall present an offering by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons shall offer it up in smoke on the altar, on the burnt offering, which is on the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering by fire of the soothing aroma to the Lord. But if his offering for the sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord is from the flock, he shall offer it, male or female, without defect. If he is going to offer a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slay it before the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. From the sacrifice of peace offerings he shall bring as an offering by fire to the Lord its fat, the entire fat tail, which he shall remove close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Then the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar as food, an offering by fire, to the Lord. Moreover, if his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on its head and slay it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. From it he shall present his offering as an offering by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them which is on the loins and the lobe of the liver which he shall remove with the kidneys the priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar as food an offering by fire for a soothing aroma all fat is the lord's it is a perpetual statute throughout your generations In all your dwellings, you shall not eat any fat or any blood. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally in any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and commits any of them, if the anointed priest sins so as to bring guilt on the people, Then let him offer to the Lord a bull without defect, as a sin offering, for the sin he has committed. He shall bring the bull to the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and slay the bull before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall also put some of the blood on the horns of the altar, of fragrant incense, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting, and all the blood of the bowl he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove from it all the fat of the bowl of the sin offering, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat which is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys just as it is removed from the ox of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest is to offer them up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering. But the hide of the bull and all its flesh, with its head and its legs and its entrails and its refuse, that is, all the rest of the bull, he is to bring out to a clean place outside the camp for the ashes are poured out, and burn it on wood with fire. where the ashes are poured out, it shall be burned. Now if the whole congregation of Israel commits error, and the matter escapes the notice of the assembly, and they commit any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and they become guilty, when the sin which they have committed becomes known, then the assembly shall offer a bull of the herd for a sin offering and bring it before the tent of meeting. Then the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be slain before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to bring some of the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord, in front of the veil. He shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting, and all the blood which he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove all its fat from it, and offer it up in smoke on the altar. He shall also do with the bull, just as he did with the bull of the sin offering. Thus he shall do with it. So the priest shall make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. Then he is to bring out the bull to a place outside the camp and burn it, as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins... And unintentionally does any one of all the things which the Lord his God has commanded not to be done, and he becomes guilty. If his sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for the offering a goat, a male without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the male goat, and slay it in the place where they slay the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering. All its fat he shall offer up in smoke on the altar, as in the case of the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to his sin, and he will be forgiven. Now, if any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and becomes guilty, if his sin which he has committed is made known to him, then he shall bring for his offering a goat. A female without defect, for his sin which he has committed. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering, and slay the sin offering at the place of the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of its blood with his finger, and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all its fat just as the fat was removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings, and the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar for a soothing aroma to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven. But if he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring it, a female, without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they slay the burnt offering. The priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all its fat, just as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And the priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar, on the offerings by fire to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to his sin which he has committed, and he will be forgiven. Now, if a person sins after he hears a public adjuration to testify when he is a witness, whether he has seen or otherwise known, and if he does not tell it, then he will bear his guilt. Or if a person touches any unclean thing, whether a carcass of an unclean beast, or the carcass of unclean cattle, or a carcass of unclean swarming things, though it is hidden from him and he is unclean, then he will be guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, of whatever sort his uncleanness may be, with which he becomes unclean, and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to know it, he will be guilty. Or if a person swears thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, in whatever manner a man may speak thoughtlessly without with an oath, And it is hidden from him, and though he comes to know it, he will be guilty in one of these. So it shall be when he becomes guilty in one of these, that he shall confess that in which he has sinned. He shall also bring his guilt offering to the Lord for the sin which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin. But if he cannot afford a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord his guilt offering from that in which he has sinned, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest, who shall offer first that which is for the sin offering, and shall nip its head at the front of its neck, but he shall not sever it. He shall also sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. The second he shall then prepare as a burnt offering according to the ordinance. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin, which he has committed, and it will be forgiven him. But if his means are insufficient for two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then for his offering, for that which he has sinned, he shall bring the tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall not put oil on it or place incense on it, for it is a sin offering. He shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it as its memorial portion, and offer it up in smoke on the altar, with the offerings of the Lord by fire. It is a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin which he has committed from one of these, and it will be forgiven him. Then the rest shall become the priest's like the grain offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, If a person acts unfaithfully and sins unintentionally against the Lord's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord, a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation in silver by shekels. In terms of the shekel of the sanctuary— for a guilt offering. He shall make restitution for that which he has sinned against the holy thing and shall add to it a fifth part of it and give it to the priest. The priest shall then make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering and it will be forgiven him. Now if a man sins and does any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, though he is unaware, since he is guilty and shall bear his punishment. He is then to bring to the priest a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation, for a guilt offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his error in which he sinned unintentionally and did not know it, and it will be forgiven him. It is a guilt offering. He was certainly guilty before the Lord. Okay, so now we are going to briefly talk about what's going on here. So, as we need to understand, the nation of Israel is later going to have a king under itself. But let's be clear, and God is clear about that as well in 1 Samuel when we get there. But he intended to be the king and the ruler of the government of Israel. God rescued his people from Egypt and he intended to be their leader. Eventually they wanted to be like all the other nations and he did not like it, but he let them have it anyway. And so, but this is his standards as leader of the people of Israel. So this sacrificial system is obviously no longer in effect because we know that Jesus Christ came into the world as the final and ultimate sacrifice. There is nothing else required to be sacrificed because all sin in the world has been dealt with if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. So without that, you're still in your sins, of course, but the offering is there. The offering has been placed on the altar in front of the Lord, and it was a soothing aroma, which you you see a lot as we're going through this, that these particular things are a soothing aroma to the Lord. Maybe God does like the smell of it, I don't know, but the whole point of it is that it is satisfactory to him. If done correctly, if done exactly as he has prescribed, was done on the altar then he is satisfied with the completion of the sacrifice and the sin is forgiven. Like it says, every time, if you do it exactly like I told you, then you will be forgiven. Now, what's in so we start with the first one, which is a, a burnt offering. Okay, now the offerings themselves require action, do they not? They required you stepping forward and admitting that you have sinned even back in those days, they had to admit that they sinned. Like it says that if their sin became known to them. So very important we understand that it takes action from our part in order to admit that we have sinned. And this is a form of confession to go to the priest with your offering and say, hey, I have sinned before the Lord, please forgive me. And this is how he was forgiven. Why is sacrifice required, though? It even says a lot of the ones we read today are sins you didn't even know you did. And yet you have to give an offering for them because you didn't even know you did it. But as soon as you find out you did it, you've got to go atone. Well, because God's standards never change, whether we know them or not. But He does. For he does not hold it against you while you are ignorant in your sin, right? That's what it makes it clear, that if you are ignorant in your sin, you don't know that you need to confess. You don't know you need forgiveness. But if you find out, hey, you messed up, man, then it's time to go and seek atonement. And what does atonement mean? The way the Hebrew word is is kind of like to wipe off, to wipe it clean, to completely be cleansed. Um, to cover your sins, so in other words, just it blots out the sin. So that's what atonement is: is it, it completely washes away the old sin through the blood of an animal. Because why? Sin is death. Sin, natural consequences from God is death. Just like it says in the New Testament, for the wages of sin is death. Right. So any time that we sin, we are guilty of death in God's eyes. And in order to be made clean, it requires blood. Something has to die in our place. And that is why Christ came and was the final sacrifice. So we have the first one, which is a burnt offering. So this is a general offering of not only devotion to the Lord, but it is a general sin atonement so it allows the unholy people to approach a holy god and there are different prescriptions of as to what kind of animal needs to be used how you need to do it so on and so forth but you see a common theme as well is that you have to place your hand on its head you have to admit that you did this and you have to understand that you are guilty showing mercy and compassion and thanks for the animal to be the one that cleanses you from the sin that you have committed. Then you have the grain offering, which is an expression of thanksgiving and dedication to God. It's usually some sort of a grain, um, usually flour, right? Then you have your peace offering. This is an expression of gratitude and desire to, for fellowship or to get closeness with God. And so you would bring a peace offering. There's a particular way to do that. There's a sin offering. Now, like we were saying, this is more for unintentional sins that were either done in carelessness or in the weakness of our flesh, right? Because even though we're saved, doesn't mean we're never going to sin again. We're going to make, we're going to make mistakes. But because of that, there is a particular sin offering. This is there we haven't gotten to the ones yet for the ones that are intentional sins. Those ones are going to be different, but th- right now we're dealing with the unintentional sins. And then lastly, we have the guilt offering. A trespass was made. And this is for specific sins. And so, first off, it said that people who are injured, for example, are compensated for their losses, and so on and so forth, which there will be more of those as we go continuing through the the rest of the book. Now, I thought something was very interesting, and this is actually a note that is in my study Bible, which I use the New American Standard, Ryrie Study Bible, personally, and This particular note here says this about the offering system. Nothing is said about the need for faith, for this atonement does not result in eternal life, but rather in writing one's relationship to the theocracy, the government ruled by God and under which Israel lived. So I thought that was interesting because you know, there, some people will do this just because they know they have to. But only God knows the heart, right? Burning offerings on the altar is not going to send you to heaven back in this day. So how did it work back then? It was the same, the same doctrines that have existed today with the doctrine of election and uh, the Holy Spirit entering into a person and saving them regenerating them, that has never changed. And so the Lord works in this way, but he does this because if you want to be called God's people, there are specific things that are required that need to be done in my kingdom. So it's important that we know that um, this is not what saves you. And I hope we know that as well, because if we have read any of the New Testament multiple times, especially Paul, talks about how this sacrifice does not save you. It is the same things that require us to be saved today and forgiven, right? We have to admit that we've sinned. We have to confess our sins to the Lord, and we have to change. We have to repent, change our mind, and change our behaviors, to do what is acceptable in his sight in obedience to him and actively try not to sin. In fact, some of the language of the New Testament says that we're supposed to kill sin, like as if with a sword. Now, the sword that we use, sin, we know is a spiritual issue, right? Obviously, we can't put a real sword to ourselves, and that'll just hurt. But what sword do we use? We use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to convict us. That's why we're reading this today. So we should be convicted of sin constantly. If we spend any length of time with the Holy Spirit, we know this to be true, that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us and show us sin, as well as to show what is right and what is wrong. If we're not feeling any guilt for our sin, there's something very wrong. Two things could happen. One is you're quenching the Holy Spirit, which means you're ignoring him. You're pushing him down and trying to silence him. You can't stop the Holy Spirit. Holy Holy Spirit's God. You can try to plug your ears and ignore him, la, 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 you know, but ultimately he will have his way with you, whether you like it or not. But secondly, is if you're not hearing any input from the Holy Spirit in your life, perhaps you're not even saved, and that is a sad reality we have to consider. So there will be more that we'll go through in the book of Leviticus, but we'll stop here for today. But I hope we haven't scared you off yet, but the book of Leviticus is tedious at times, like we said, but... It is certainly worth reading. We have to know God's standards, and if, like we, for example, if you didn't know that God has standards, even if you are not aware of the sin, the sin is sin is still sin, whether you realize it or not. It is a reality that exists outside of you. So we have to be aware, and we need to repent, and we need to ask for forgiveness for the things that we do in our carelessness and the Lord will forgive us. But we, you see, little things like that we may not realize are important, but they are. So I hope you see that, and I hope you get some wisdom from this this week. Until next time, take care of yourselves. I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening to me today, and have a great day. Thank you, and God bless.